Turn over your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to continue uh, in our study of God's Word. Uh, we have looked at Jesus' message, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and He has shared with us from the Beatitudes a list of things uh, for the blessed life, for the happy life. And as we looked at those, I don't know how you felt as we went through them. Uh, super difficult, some of them, you know, to talk about being merciful. And when we want justice and we want our fair share uh, to be, uh, you you look at these and it kind of turns your life upside down. It talks about being pure in heart and the idea of being pure on the inside instead of good looking on the outside. Uh, That's just very different from where we are. And even the first one that says, blessed are the poor in spirit, the spiritually bankrupt. Uh, and you say, well, I don't get it. How does this work? And the only way it works, I want to tell you, is in relationship to Jesus Christ. Him being the one who provides for us, who allows us to take that humble position. As we've looked at really this uh, incredibly humble position and this way that maybe we get walked on, uh, you might say, uh, so we're just little insignificant people here in this earth. And that's true. We are little and insignificant. I know that most of us, as we think about who we are, we like to talk about our grand successes. And as we really think about them, they're not all that grand in the true scope of things. And so uh, we find ourselves to be small. As we find ourselves to be small, though, uh Make no mistake, we have a function, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning as we look at verses 13 and following. If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read those to you, uh, verses 13 through 16 of Matthew chapter 5. God's Word says this, You are the salt of the earth, uh, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to to your Father who is in heaven. God, I ask your blessing on your word. Uh, May your Holy Spirit be our teacher now. God, uh, as we think through your word, may it uh, instruct our hearts and may it thrill us at what you've made us and so we could take take our positions in your kingdom. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, we uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, this picture of Jesus is talking about his kingdom, what it means to be in relationship with him. And as we look at this, much of it is to come, but the ideas and the principles are here now. And we, we talked about this last week, that really his kingdom is within another kingdom. That there's another kingdom pressing on into us. And really, as we look at these couple of verses here, uh, we'll see how our relationship should be to this other kingdom 
being a part of Christ's kingdom. I want you to see, uh, really even before we get into the details, but verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. And then in verse 14, you are the light of the world. Jesus is speaking and he says, you are, you are. Um, He doesn't say you should be or you should try hard. And the reason I make a big point of this, many of us have come uh, grown up and even got confused in earlier days about doing what is right, about being good. Jesus is not saying you need to be good. You need to do what's right. Jesus is speaking here and he is talking about what we have been made to be in him. In relationship to him. The work that he has done in changing us. And so he says, you are. You are. This is what you are. This morning, uh, I think the real issue is us functioning as he has made us. That we would take our place where we are to be. That we would be about doing what he has made us to be. If you can imagine... Uh, a hammer and nails. And if you didn't know how those worked, I've talked about this before. And I told you, you have these boards here and you have these nails. Connect these boards together with these nails through the hammer. And you'd never seen it happen before. Some of us would get around and we'd go, well, um, I don't know how this works, these nails. And we'd, we'd kind of try to figure it out and we'd hit it with the handle and and, you know, try to hit it on the side. And it just would be this frustrating, confusing thing. Why? Why would it be frustrating and confusing? Well, because we're not doing it right. Because there's a, 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 a design for nails and a hammer. There, there's a way that it was made to work. And as you do it the right way, it's not that difficult. And it's something that works well. I want to uh, warn you that some here this morning, and maybe all of us to some degree here this morning, are frustrated with our lives. We're disappointed and confused. And we're like, oh, it's just so maddening the way things are working out. And I feel myself being angry inside and depressed and confused and frustrated. Well, let me suggest to you this morning, the way, the reason we're feeling that way It's because we're not doing it right. (laughs) Because we're not doing it right. We're not taking our place. We're not being who God has made us to be. And this morning we're going to find out what he has made us to be. And it's that we would be salt and light. If you look down at God's word, uh, verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth. I want to make sure that you're clear um, that he is talking about people. He is not talking about dirt. Dirt. Uh, some would say uh, just the brown stuff is the earth. The earth. But what he is talking about really is the inhabitants of the earth. The people of the earth. I don't believe he is talking about dirt. I don't think he's talking about trees. I don't think he's talking about animals. I think he is talking about the people of the earth. And what he says is, in relationship to them, to these people, you are to be salt. 
You are to be salt. Um, maybe you've thought about this before. Maybe you haven't. But the idea of you being salt is kind of uh, interesting, to say the least. You say, well, I don't find myself to be all that salty. Uh, well, this is the, the picture that Jesus used. He says salt. In biblical times, you think about what salt was used for, and it was kind of uh, a hot commodity. It was something very important. It wasn't as expensive or worth as gold, but it was something of extreme value. And the reason being uh, twofold was, first of all, uh, it was really the one thing that they used to season foods with. Uh, have you, I remember watching this food show. Uh, there's tons of food shows on, but it was one of those ones where they were doing their restaurant all wrong. And this guy comes in as an expert to fix their business. And one of the things that they were doing, they were selling this uh, great food, but they weren't seasoning it at all. And it tasted bland and, and without much flavor. And he says, well, why don't you put salt on it? And he goes, well, I figure if they really want salt on it, they'll put it on themselves. And he says, no, you've got to put the salt on. Uh, some of you are struggling here this morning and you're saying salt is bad. Um, if you put too much, it is bad, right? Some of you get busted at your doctors because you use too much salt. Um, it is meant for seasoning. It is meant for taste. The second thing it is also meant for is preser- preserving. Uh, you think about not having a refrigerator and what they did with their meats, especially, is they used it to preserve it so that it wouldn't go bad and they could eat it longer and it would be preserved. In the midst of this, Jesus is, is saying, what is he saying? You are the salt of the earth. To a tasteless and perishing world, you are the salt of the earth. Do you get that picture? Do you understand where, why Christ has brought you in his kingdom and what you're supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be, we are supposed to be what we are. The salt of the earth. As you look at this passage, it goes on to say, um, But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? We struggle with this because salt really doesn't lose uh, its saltiness. You can't make uh, salt no longer salty. But what, what does happen to it, it can be diluted as well as it can become impure, get mixed in with other things that you don't want on your food at all. And as he concerns himself with this, he says, that can happen to you. You can become diluted. You can be mixed with. And and what happens then? Can it be restored? No. In fact, what happens to it then? It says it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You get the picture of when a salt no longer is useful for these things. It's thrown out and placed along the other rocks on the road and the dirt there. And people don't think about it at all as they uh, travel on the road. You get this picture and I want you to see this. Uh, What happens to the salt when it becomes diluted or polluted? Um, that's a rhyme there. I just made that up in the first service and I kind of liked it. 
diluted and polluted. Uh, what happens to it in the middle of verse 13? It's not good for anything. In other translations, it says good for nothing. Anyone ever told you you're good for nothing? I have. People have told me that before. Mostly family members, by the way. Good for nothing. And you say, boy, that would be frustrating. That, that, that I'm not like that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. If we are not taking what Jesus has made us and being and participating in the way he's, he's saved us to be, this is good for nothing. In fact, uh, so much so that it's tossed aside. This is not talking about salvation. This is not something where we lose our salvation. It's we lose our function, our effectiveness for what He has changed us to be. Good for nothing but to be trampled by men. I want to tell you this. Uh, the world is perishing. The world is perishing. And the world needs Jesus' plan is to change us that we might touch a world that's perishing. I, I want you to understand this, this connecting and touching and this bumping up against. This is what he is picturing in this passage. He is not saying that we stand off at a distance from the world, but that we as salt have connection to a world that's perishing. I want you to think right now what that is for you. What are the venues, the places that he would have you make connection? It's in your home, definitely. But beyond that, it's in your neighborhood. Beyond that, it's at your work. Beyond that, it's at your school. Beyond that, these are the opportunities where you shop, where you do business. These are the places where he says, that's the world. You're the salt. Go be that preservation there. Go do that. You're the one that I send. This is why I've made you in this way. You are the salt of the earth. And I'll just say it this way. Salt must be salty. Salt must be salty. It is not that we are the same. It is that we bring something different uh, to a world that's perishing. So verse 14. So verse 14. You have... You're the salt of the earth. Now you have, you are the light of the world. As you read that, um, especially if you've been around the scriptures, you've heard this. And, and maybe, maybe you hear something there and you say, did I hear that right? He, he's saying what we are. And he says, you are the light of the world. And you say, did, did I read that right? That I am the light of the world? The reason that may sound kind of interesting to you is you might look over in John chapter 8, and it says it in other places as well. Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Back over in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? That Jesus didn't just say, I'm the light of the world and you kind of take it out there and give it to him. He says, I have made you like myself. 
being in relationship in my kingdom, I have made you like myself. And I send you as a light into the world. That, that should be staggering to us. That Jesus doesn't say we play some small insignificant role. He says, I've made you something amazing. You're the light of the world. As I consider that, I, I have to think, well, if we're the light of the world and we're sent out into it, that tells us something about the place that we're being sent out to. And what is it? It's a dark world. Darkness. If you need light, uh, it's because it's too dark. We do this in our homes. Uh, if we buy a house and there's a particular room, it's too dark, we put a light in it. And it's still too dark, we put more lights or we change the bulbs and those put those illegal ones that uh, suck too much energy out. And we say, this is, this is the way it is. It, it, it brings the light. This is what this room needs. And in the same way, uh, Jesus, as he says, you are the light of the world. The implication is you are a light in a dark, dark world. Is the world dark? Yes, it is. Can you think of uh, uh, an example in your mind right now of the darkness of the world we live in? Sometimes we get confused. Sometimes when we look at the greatness of our country, the, the, the wonderful freedoms that we have, we forget that this world is a dark place. And Jesus said, you're the light in that dark world. You're the one that I have changed and sent to be in this world. As you go on uh, in verse 14, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Uh, we have so many great examples of this here in Tehachapi where you can look in some of these mountainsides and if there are no lights on and it's dark, uh, you say, I, I don't see anything. And there can be a ho- home sitting on that hill. It's gone. It's, it's indistinguishable because there's no light. And then there's also, you, you've come into Bear Valley at night before, and there's a couple of homes way up on the hill. And it's very dark. And you see one or two lights on, and you're like, it's a spaceship in the sky. Because all you see is this light up on the hill. You, you can't even distinguish the hill. The picture here is this, that light distinguishes the city, a city on a hill. It's the picture that it's not camouflaged anymore. It doesn't blend in. The purpose of camouflage clothing, uh, besides looking really cool, um, is that you will not be seen by the animals or the enemy. And he says, that's not the way we are as believers in Jesus Christ. Changed in the gospel He says, I've made you the light for the world. A city set on a hill cannot be uh, hidden. He also uses a a second example. He says in verse 15, he says, nor do people light a lamp. Picture this, okay. Nor do people light a lamp. Okay, I got this lamp. The room's dark. I light the lamp. So I, I, I lit the lamp because it was dark. Okay, and put it under a basket. 
Some of you still aren't getting it. So you you uh, you buy the house. The room's dark. You put the elect- electricity to the spot where it's dark, and you put one of those huge floodlight type things, the ones that you know you can cook hot dogs and marshmallows on because the heat comes off and it's just blasting down, filling the room with light. And then you say, yeah, but we got to build a cover over it so no one can see the light come through. You say, that doesn't make any sense. His point exactly. Jesus said, it doesn't happen that way. You don't take a light, light it, put it in a room and then cover it up. It doesn't make sense. It's not the purpose of having light. And so as Jesus says this, he says, instead, they, they do something different. There, there's something different that happens to this light. Instead of putting the, the basket, he says, he, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. I want you to get this picture that he is not saying He is not saying, be on the outskirts. He's saying, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're a sense of being front and center. Not in a sense of importance, but giving light to all, making impact to all. You think about that and you think, wow, that's maybe a different picture than I have. Maybe you moved up to Tehachapi to get away. Get away from the darkness. Uh, sorry, sorry, we're here and it's still dark here, okay? Jesus has made us, he has transformed us, changed us, brought us into relationship with himself in his kingdom. And as, as he does that, he says, you're the light. You're the light in the midst of uh, the other kingdom. I want you to be that light. And then in verse 16, he says, let me show you, let me show you how this works in my kingdom. Verse 16, in the same way, let your, sh- let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is how this works, okay? In Jesus' kingdom, this is how it's supposed to play out. It takes you. It takes you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're a follower, if you're a uh, he has brought you into his family and into his kingdom. He takes you. And what he does is he changes you. And what does he make you? Salt and light. And what is this light's purpose? How does this work? This light is to be shown or, or shined before men. That There's a, a shining that goes on. There's a sense of being out and about. There's a relationship with an unbelieving world for, with a different kingdom. And, and he says, you are to be that light in the midst of that other kingdom. And so when people are around you, the light of a changed life in Jesus shines on them. And what happens? Well, do it before men to be seen by them. You say, oh, is, it, is it a show? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. It's a show in the sense that you are showing off what Christ has done in you. You're not hiding it. You don't have to be... Uh, when I say show, some of you are going like, like theater type show? Where we're acting like different people? No. It, it's a presentation of just who we are. 
It's not hiding our true identity. As we go out and into an unbelieving and perishing world, we show men. What do we show them? Good deeds. Now, when we see good deeds, most of us you know, start breaking out in a rash, and maybe rightly so. These good deeds do not come because we're trying to be good and drum them up. They come out of a changed life. It's not, it's not a show. Um, so I think we should plan to do good deeds, but also good deeds should just be present in our lives, right? They should just be there. Where will those come out? Um, they'll come out in your home. They'll come out in your home. They'll come out at school during math, okay? They'll come out uh, at your job when you're doing your job. They, they come out as you um, purchase something at Home Depot. They come out there too. They come out at the doctor's office when you've uh, they messed up your appointment and you have to wait a couple hours, Okay? These are the places, it's in all of life, we are being who he saved us to be. And Jesus says, so he's going to change us. Our light's going to shine before men that they may see our good deeds. And then what? Tell us how great we are. Is that what it says? Look down at it. Make sure. I think I got that wrong. You're such a good person. That's when you're rude with people, okay? When they say you've done good things and you're a good person. No, I'm not. You have no idea how wicked I am in my heart, the crazy things I think of doing in and of myself. I am not a good person. What's good in me comes from Jesus. Do you, so often, um, let me be honest, I like it too much when people compliment me. I like it too much when they say something good about me and I just enjoy it and I just let it sink in and I say, thanks, could you say me say more? I don't say that, but I'm like standing there going, is that all you got to say? I'm ready to listen. I got all the time in the world, you know. But do you see what's supposed to happen here? You, do you see what how this works in his kingdom? He changes us. We live before men who the changed life. Good deeds come out. They see it. And what happens is this. It's real simple. That there's credit going somewhere. There's, there's something going on. See your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's, that's how this works in the kingdom. It's He changes our life. It comes out in everyday living. And ultimately, He gets the glory. Is that people are attracted and they see what's in our lives and then they realize that it comes from a source and it's not us. It's Jesus. Um, this is how it's supposed to work. It's not supposed to be glorifying to ourselves. It's supposed to be glorifying to the one who saved us. A few things to uh, help us think this through uh, as we, we tie up our time here this morning. First of all, we are part of this world. We are part of this world. Don't run from it. Don't run from it. 
We are to be salt and light, and we can't do it without contact with the world. Secondly, and this is going to sound like a good self-esteem message. You are, you are valuable and attractive. You are valuable and attractive. And you're going, oh, that sounds so weird. No, you are. The scripture says that. Salt and light. There's a sense of beauty and attraction to you. And you say, "Uh, I don't know about that. It's not who you are in your natural state, your own person. It's that Jesus has changed you to be salt and light. He has made you that. And as you live out and just function as he has made you, there's something valuable and attractive to that. That should happen. As we roll into a situation, there should be a sense of, hey, it's great you're here. It's always better when you're around. I always feel like there's a a sense of you drawing us away from the darkness of this life. And there's just a, a... when you come into the room, it, it, the darkness just kind of goes away. It's, it's, you're bringing something. There's something of value and attraction to who you are because of what Christ has done. I want to tell you also that we fight the world's natural progress. Uh, the natural progress is toward perishing and more darkness. That, that, that's the way the world's going. And as we are salt and light, we are opposing that. We are opposing that. Don't wait for this world to get on board with this whole idea. Don't wait for this idea to become popular. We fight against the natural uh, progress or uh, regress, if you will, of this world. We do this by who we are. We do this by who we are, who Christ has made us. I want to tell you too that this is not um, this is not so much political as it is personal. Okay, it's not political; it's personal. I think sometimes we get confused with that. Uh, when I say that, what I mean is this: that the impact that Christ is calling us to to have is based on who we are, and how that is done is personally with personal contact. That, that we make a difference, or he changes people personally through relationship, through bumping up against one another. I think sometimes we we think that there's some political answer out there. If we just vote this bill in or oppose this one, that somehow we're going to change the tide. I want to tell you, the tide is not going to change. The ball is rolling downhill. But it is not that I am without hope. Or that we should be without hope. Our hope is in that Christ would use us personally, one to another. With people in our family. With people that we're interacting with in our jobs. With people that we are conversing with in our neighborhood, in our schools. This is how he wants you to impact the world. To be that salt and that light. Personally with one to, one to another. I could have named this passage or this this series, um, I could have titled it Little People Used by Christ. That's what it is. Insignificant people. 
as you see who he wants you to be in the Beatitudes, you go, oh, so I'm not loud and pushing to the front. I'm not someone who has all these things. I feel so insignificant. What he pictures here is this, to be used greatly uh, as he, he has designed us to be as salt and light. This morning, I just want to end by asking you, do you know Christ? Do you know him? Has he changed you? Has he marked you, brought you into his kingdom? If he has, guess what? You are salt and light. And for us to function as that, it will transform our days. It will give us joy knowing that we are doing what he's called us to be. Let's pray. God, thank you uh, for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity of being with your people to be sitting uh, before your word, to be challenged by it, to have the work of the Holy Spirit working in us, reordering us. God, I ask that you would remove in us that which is not true and place your word inside that is true. May it instruct us this week. May we be reminded of what we are to do and what we are to be. And it's just what you've made us. Um, God, thank you for the work that you have done and are doing in us. Transform your church by your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.